right, well, welcome to episode four of How to Make a Video Game with Orit Digital. I am joined in the studio by the n- Tails, for the Sonic. <laughs> no, is that not another? No, no, just as you were saying that, I was... I don't know, I was... I've never raced you, so I don't know how quick we are. Hey, back in the day, yeah. back in the day, um, uh, I was pretty quick. Yeah. I run somewhat like a gazelle. But I'm, I'm pretty decent, pretty quick. I was always a winger. Now, I know you're a big football fan. Correct, yes. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch on that in future we will, episodes. We will. There's a really good uh, turn-based tactical game, which I must tell you about at some you, point. You must, you must. I'm very intrigued to hear about this. So. Um, but I was always the winger. I was always a winger. Oh, right. Yeah, getting, getting chopped down every week I because I was right quick. Back. It's always where I had to play. I, mean, yeah. oh, I was yeah. the right winger. We would have been a great partnership. We would have been, right been a great team. My problem was, again, being shorter than a lot of the other kids, they never put me up front because you can never j- jump for a ball and head it. No, that's but true. I was quite good at football. So I kind of ended up like being like, well, where can you play? I'm like, I'll just stick him right back up here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is always under my position. There's but, nothing uh, wrong with that. That's okay. It's I okay. Should, uh, thank, thank you. I appreciate that, Matthew. But I should probably do my intro. My name yes. is Matt Davis and I am the marketing community manager here at Aura Digital and... Uh, my name is Matthew, Matthew Walker. Um, some sort of James Bond thing <laughs> Matthew, then. Weird. Matthew Walker. Uh, I'm a sound designer and music designer with Aura Digital. Thank you very much. So we're here for episode four. Now, we are doing something a little bit odd with these next episodes. Switching so, it up. Switching it up. Not dramatically enough that you should stop subscribing to our podcast, but enough that we can have a holiday. So yeah. it's coming up to Christmas, and we didn't want to leave our lovely listeners. And all of you, a big thank you, just a big shout out, and a big thank you for listening yeah, yeah. and talking about it and sharing it. It is It means massively, huge amount to us. So big, big thank you from both of us. Um, but... We don't want to leave you with nothing over Christmas. So we thought we'd try and do something a little bit different. Uh, and we're going to be doing a two-part series and then a special one-off episode over the Christmas break. Yeah, okay? that's right. So this episode that we'll be getting into later in this, when we finish rambling like idiots, <laughs> uh, will be part one of a potted history of turn-based tactical strategy games. That's right. We will then have episode, t- part two of that, which will come out in after Christmas, the 30th, I want to say. And then we will have a, another episode, which is a special deep dive. I haven't actually decided the title of it yet, so this will be fun for me to think <laughs> about what that will be called in the future. But um, we'll be going to do a deep dive in one of our games, which will be Chainsaw Warrior. Yeah. Uh, and we've got... Uh, Thomas Rowling, who was in episode one, to come and talk to us about these. And we've also got Steve Martin. Hold your horses. It's not the Steve Martin. I know, he's not bringing his banjo with he's him. He's not bringing his banjo with him. It's, it's the other Steve Martin. Although we should like throw a line out, because if we can get the Steve nothing against our Steve yeah, Martin, no, 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 but no. if we can get the Steve Martin to come in and talk about Chainsaw Warrior, if he then wants to come in. Steve that's Martin, when worlds collide. 100%. Right 100%. There. <laughs> but we'll be doing a deep dive into that, and then we'll be back after the new year with a brand new season, and we'll have a whole load of new episodes to go through. So we thought we'd do this as a little bit of intro. So... The most important thing there, Matt, is... Here we go. Dum-dum. Bum-bum. Homework time. Uh, I failed horribly to even attempt to do the homework. <laughs> so, as a reminder, so um, on pre- in a previous episode, episode three... Yes. Okay, I set yeah. um, my esteemed colleague, uh, Matt Davis, with the homework of playing Striker... Mm-hmm. Um, on the... I mean, I've got it now. That's a bonus. It, t- it took me two episodes to complete your homework, so maybe we'll have I've two. Never episodes. Leeway on my first exactly. One. So uh, Matt had to play striker and uh, attempt, at least attempt, and score from the halfway line mm. in indoor football, which I did countless times back in the day. So I have to give a bit of a quick shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Chris, who's listening to this podcast right now, who actually listened to the last episode. I was inspired to dust off his old copy and have a go of it and <laughs> then send me himself. the footage to say, 
look, it's really easy. <laughs> what are you doing? So, so yeah. you got mocked. Yeah, you so got I got mocked. So mocked. someone else did the homework. That's so if, if you've done your own version of it, please feel free to put it up online. <laughs> we will retweet the shit out of it. <laughs> we would love, absolutely adore to see it. But um, I've had a thought. So I will, I will complete the homework. Okay. And you can, you can freeze frame that moment. You can put it out there and we can have that again. That's going to be a flashback moment in future episodes. <laughs> when though. I haven't done it. Then when you haven't <laughs> like, done I've it. I've definitely done it. So, uh, but I thought I'd add a little bit of a twist for the Christmas break. Oh, go on. Whoa. Hit me. Uh, you mentioned a game we had earlier uh, called a tactical strategy football game. Yeah. Which yeah. is called Football Tactics and Glory. Great name. German developer? Uh, it's a German developer. Right. Um, it's, like, it's on Steam. It's, it's really good. Shall I tell you a bit about it? Yes, How, please. Yeah. Do. So, I mean... Uh, it's not. It's not. Um, this isn't old... just a football podcast, by the way. Yeah, this, this is a football, football, football <laughs> podcast. Um, it's not old news that um, uh, strategy games um, and certainly turn-based strategy games and board games generally are a relatively new beast to me. I've always been aware of them. Just I've been late in the day yeah. coming to play these things. So um, Oric Digital has a company uh, got me into XCOM. Yeah. Um, sorry, no, it's all right. Yeah, that burns a, a hole in your soul, doesn't we're it? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this later. <laughs> it is fine. Every so time so. XCOM comes up, we should insert a foghorn sound. <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> um, there it is. And uh, yeah, so it, I got into these things really late, um, and then I got the bug massively mm. for mm. XCOM. Mm. And um, I don't know why I found myself getting back into football, but I was like, I had this weird epiphany one day. Woke yeah. up, I was like, I wonder if there is a turn-based football game. Yeah. Um, with management and, yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Turns out there is. Football Tactics and Glory. It's really good. So you, what, the best thing about it is that you take charge of an amateur club. Yeah, yeah. Literally down the park. Yeah, amazing. Playing football yeah, with yeah. your mates. And you've got like these random names. It's unofficial. So you've got like Manchester Blue, Manchester Red. Yeah, sort yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Brian um, Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, David Backhim yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but it's really good. The depth that it goes into, you can upgrade your players, they learn different skills. Um, you can, of course, choose to play the matches yeah, where yeah. you've got two turns and ability points to, yeah. to, to win and score. It's really tough. Really tough. I found myself with the same bug with XCOM getting, the, getting my behind handed to me. So I ended up just not playing the <laughs> game. I just simmed it. And I seem to be far more successful just simming each just instant result simming it. You <laughs> well, know? I was going to set as a challenge, which is we should both get it and then we'll pick the same team and see who can lead them to glory the quickest. Oh, gosh. So we can, we, I reckon, I reckon we'll, 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 we'll iron out the details in the next couple of weeks. But okay. then when we come back for season two of the thing, we can then start it with how did our respective teams come along with? We, are we going to completely... Um, go down a unique route and build our own individual clubs or should we do you like our own, own versions on it, right? sorry you might write your own player names you, you can it gives you um, like a predetermined list of players you can then have to go and you have to go in and edit them so right. it's a bit a no, bit of a time right. no, sink I'm, I'm happy to but do should that. we could we create our two own versions of the Oric digital yeah, team yeah so we could it'd be like you know at school when you pick players yeah. for your teams yeah. you can do that so I'm going to pick the teams and put them together All Then right. you have to pick your team and then we'll come back with that and then we'll and again if you follow us on social media if you go on to Oric digital on twitter Facebook, Instagram, all those different places. We'll post up the teams so you can have a listen. Let's see and how we're doing. So that sounds like a good plan, right? Well, um, we don't want to we don't want to hammer on too much about this because we've got a lot to get through in the in the next part of uh, the next part of the episode. So we're going to now lead into episode uh, episode four, yeah. part one of a potted history of tactical strategy games. <laughs> We are going to now dive into, as we discussed earlier, uh, a potted history of turn-based tactical games. And uh, welcome back for your 
second appearance now on the podcast, uh, Thomas Rowling, uh, to talk to us about 10-based tractor games. Well, yeah, thank you. N- nice to be here. Travelled very far to get here from <laughs> from the next room. Um, it's a topic very close to my heart. Uh, it's a it's a genre of games I'm very very fond of. Um, and I think at this point we we should probably say, like, for shorthand, we often refer to these games as as TBS turn based strategy games. But turn based strategy is is a is a bigger term, which I think we'll come to in a minute. I, w- I was going to say that was going to be my first question. Essentially, is like. Is there a really easy definition of it? Is there a simple way of des- describing it? Well, we yes and no. And I, and I think because it's like games is such a big area now that to talk about a genre of games is is just too big. Like, you know, I think you you, you pick on elements that you're interested in and, and that kind of zooms you down to you, basically you're into subgenres. And I think that's fine. You know, it's fine for us in our, our nerdiness to say, you know, we we are interested in games that have these very specific features and and turn based tactical games, um, they're they're basically the kind of they're the kind of the mutant child of <laughs> um, a war game and chess, should we say? Okay, that sounds like a game in itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's so if, mutant war yeah. game chess. <laughs> but if you if you think a chess is a is a strategic is is a tactical turn based game, so you each take a turn each move one unit and and your you know your aim is to use your 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 strategy and tactics to defeat your own your opponent whereas uh, a miniatures war game and again there are different scales of them but generally you've got like a series of little miniatures and you move those miniatures around and so most of the miniatures war games that you see tend to be around squad based i mean the big napoleonic ones obviously have armies but yeah. but a lot of the ones you see today you know are squad-based ones yeah. uh, where the player controls a few squads and, and the individual units in those squads kind of matter to you. And and that's the sort of thing we're talking about, a game where the player controls uh, a squad or squads of units with the view of fighting individual skirmishes or battles that then somehow connect to a meta game about what's happening overall. Okay, so and, um, I, well, I was going to say then, like, the main part in here then is why 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 have we termed our episode a potted history? Why aren't we just going to do the whole the whole history of oh, yeah. based tactical strategy games? Is that not easy no, to do? Good, it, it, no, it's not. <laughs> I think like, that'd end up being like a one hundred hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, it would be enormous. I mean, if you just Google it yourselves, you see like when you talk turn based games, turn based strategy games, there are hundreds. Uh, like turn based tactical games, uh, there are there are way too many to cover, except for hours and yeah. and there's. There's going to be tons I don't know about. Yeah. Like, and I follow this genre fairly closely, I would say. I'm fairly. So when I say potted history, it means we're just going to pick up on bits that have significance to us and, and hopefully will therefore be of interest to the audience. So I, I should say from the, the, the get-go, we are not claiming to, we are not claiming to do a, an, a, an authoritative history of this. This is not a book that's an authoritative history. Yep. And if anybody I'm thinks sure I've missed book, something, yeah. or got a, I'm sure there is. If anybody thinks I've missed something or we've got the date of something wrong, feel free to correct us. And, and I think that's, that's our get-out-of-jail-free card, is to <laughs> say it's potted history. Uh, and, and I think the other thing um, that would be useful, if uh, just, just to set the things on and the difference between tactic and strategic, um, and I, I think that's important because the words are often used interchangeably and they actually mean slightly different things. So a strategy is, if you like, your overall plan. Mm. You know, how are you going to win the war? Is, is your strategy whereas the tactics are the, the 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 parts of individual methods you use to win an objective so how a squad captures a, a, a strong point how a, a unit defeats another unit that they, they are your tactics uh so 
the, the two are, again the, the they are, they are, you'll often find points where they're slightly gray area but yeah. but broadly that that's kind of how to see it what tactics are short term strategy is long term and that's the difference between again a turn based strategy game like um you know a big grand game where you're playing out the second world war yeah. and uh, a game where you're just controlling some individual squads fighting some individual um battles it's that sort of thing so we're we're at a squad level basically squad level Tactical gameplay is, is what we're really talking about here. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's um, shall we dive in? Then? Yeah, let's dive in. We could be do a little bit of a you know do the old uh, history music again. Oh, do we have? Yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe we, we'd have to have some some sound. Matt Matt, who's done a fantastic job on the last podcast, really Matt. enjoyed the, the strange sound you oh, stuck thanks. in. Oh, <laughs> We, we need know. some iconic sound from the from the late seventies. Late seventies, something that to, to take us back, like a time travel yeah, walk, like yeah, sound. yeah, some something. sort of like walking. What would you define as being the first? Yeah, so 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 the one that I think is the, the one that really springs out to me is really important is a game called um, Snapshot. And Snapshot is actually a board game. And again, you'll notice a lot of our stuff, our interests spans mm-hmm. physical and digital. So I think it's very appropriate that we start on there. It was originally released in 1979. Uh, I've got a copy from 83. Um, and it's... It, it sets a lot of the features that will be familiar to anyone who plays these sort of games. And again, I, I'll, I think we can stick some images. Uh, I think we'll stick some images up. I, I've got a few photos of the game. We can stick some images up. Um, and it, it, it has all this sort of stuff that, that we see. So different unit types, and each unit's an individual unit. It's got a grid on which movement and combat takes place. They've got action points to determine what characters can do stuff within each yep. turn. Uh, it also uses facing, um, which tends to get not used in later games but it's kind of important there you can flank units you can come from the side uh and in actual fact then you you then get into the first digital version really i think of this sort of game yeah um which is from 1984 there's a game called rebel star raiders uh designed by a guy called julian gollop um and julian gollop's i think a very key figure in in the history of of these sort of games and if you play snapshot and then play rebel star raiders you can see a lot of familiar elements i don't know whether Julian just just came up with them in parallel, or, mm. or whether he'd played that other game. I, I, I'm really not aware of the detail on that, but but they're definitely the familiar elements within that. And, and I think if you play one, you can see the elements in the other. Um, Rebel Star Raiders is interesting in that I think it was technical limitations, but everything happened in the one screen, right. so it doesn't have you, you don't scroll around as you move around larger bases. It, all, all the action happens in one space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again a bit like the board game where you you've just got one board where everything's played. You hold the whole thing in your head in one go. Right. Um. And so that yeah. So so that's that's kind of where we start. Uh, and Rebel Star Raiders is you know it's 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 a uh, it's an important point in the history we're moving on here. So um, you mentioned uh, Julian Gollop again. Uh, you have a bit of history. With him potentially, not history, but like he's a uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't want to have a scrap one, with him. But no, <laughs> no. Did he did he have some sort of review of your uh, of, of a game he did? Or? Yeah. When so when like so he he wrote an article. Uh, he must must have been asked to write an article as the kind of you know the, the godfather of these sort of games. There was there was a few came out on mobile, uh, and he wrote a review of three games, of which one of them was Call of Cthulhu: The Wasted Land, which I designed. And his review of it, I, I forget exactly what he said. It was a bit middling. He, you know, he said like, yeah, meh. And, and and I cried. I was like, oh, God, you don't really like. So, I mean, I was really proud of that game and, and 
basically, I think I think we'll have to agree to disagree. But but uh, that's not taken away from and, how and important he is in this genre. And Julian, if you are listening and want to take a and you want to reassess your opinion, you could just. I'll send you. I'll send you. If you get in contact, I'll send you a Steam code. You you can you can, can have another go. Have, have another go. <laughs> have a look at it reassess. again. More, more than happy. More than happy to to go over it. Uh, so we'll be talking about this in a later episode, but we're going to get onto the late eighties now and games in and around the late eighties. Yeah, so we so we we jump forward then. I think the next really important game, also by Julian Gollop, is a game called Laser Squad. Now, this this is starting to do. Um, we, we're starting to Laser Squad is the game before the one we all really know of this genre, which is XCOM. And again, it takes a lot of the ideas from Snapshot. It takes a lot of the ideas from Rebel Star Raiders uh, and Rebel Star, and re- really starts to go with it. But the technology is much better now. So the the gameplay space is much bigger than the one screen. There's a lot more going on. There's a lot more animations. There's a there's a, there's a there's more on the, on on the meta really yeah. of what's going on. So it kind of advances all those things. It's the next kind of like like step of it. But really, Laser Squad, I think, from a point of view of the gameplay, is is more important in that it sets the stage for the really important game in this courses. I was going to say the big one <laughs> now, and one that uh, Galaxy Walker has mentioned on a previous podcast before. This is true. This is true. I, I actually feel. I remember a little while ago you mentioned that um you were going to kind of uh, just remove and eliminate this this name <laughs> from all existence now because you're getting sick of hearing it. We talk a lot about the wonderful <laughs> XCOM in the studio, quite a lot. So let, let let's talk about XCOM because you can't do uh you can't do a story about this this genre without talking about XCOM, can you? You you can't and and I don't wouldn't want to. It's such an important game and it's important for a few reasons. It's important because it mainly because it was so big. It's so good and it's so big. The first XCOM was a huge success. Yeah, it was a critical success. It was a commercial success. Uh, and I was chatting with a fellow developer the other day about what, what's the kind of hierarchy you want of success as a as creating video games. What do you really want? Uh, we're creating, I'd say, any sort of game. Well, the top thing you want is is like number one that the kind of gold standard is critical and commercial success. It makes money, lots of people play it, and and the critics think it's great. Level two, I would say, would be commercial success. Like, I'd I'd rather make some money out of something. Yeah. It means I can go on and do anything. You know, critics might not agree with it. There's plenty of examples of games where the critics, well, even other genres as well, films where the critics didn't agree it was great, but yeah. over time. You know that the, the, the fan base picks it up. So something like um, The Wicker Man, great example of a mm, film that mm. at the time I don't think the critics really rated it very much. Over over time, it's come to be seen as a as a real classic. Um, but you know, commercial success is a big driver of you being able to do more. So commercial next. Then the third one would be critical success. It doesn't make any money. No one like no one no one bought it. But the critics think it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then the bottom rung of it is. Neither, and, yeah. and that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Where no one plays it and no one likes it, and and I would say that's the majority of games released are yeah. in that category. And that's not to say they are bad and they're terrible and they should be laughed at. It's just it's a very competitive, difficult yeah. field. XCOM's in the top. It was a critical success and it was a commercial success, and that really matters. Um, and again, you know, w- working in this field as I did, I I worked at a company called Hot House Creations a few years back. Uh, that was founded by a bunch of ex microprose people. So I believe one of the company directors was a producer on the on certainly on XCOM. The first designer that I worked under as a as a junior designer, he was a designer on uh, the second XCOM game, Terror from the Deep. Cool. Uh, which interestingly, he sort of told me that that there are Lovecraftian references 
do the deep ones in yeah, Terror cool. from the Deep. Yeah, so you know, yeah, it all it all goes full circle eventually. <laughs> I underestimated yeah. that one in my no. in my humble opinion. So <laughs> so you know, like I, I was well aware of this game, well mm. aware of how good it was, how important it was, and and that came out in in uh, that was in 1994. Uh, it first came out. So so what a change since. Uh, you know, Laser Squad and Rebel Star Raiders and Snapshot is it still had this sci-fi setting, but it was much more contemporary. And I think that's important because it allows people to relate to it a lot more if you feel it's closer to where you are. Yeah. Um. So, like, it's set it in a different thing. It it started bringing out all the base management stuff. Right. So you had a base, mm. you had to manage that. It, it you know you had to kind of build new new parts to that. It has a tech tree that you do research yeah. you, and you unlock stuff. Which to me all sounds a bit civilization. And again, yeah. if you look at the history of Microprose, who were the publisher of XCOM, um, they had just published uh, Civilization, I think, the the year before or yeah. a couple of years before, and that had done massive numbers. And Matthew Walker now being a giant fan yeah. of the series. Yeah, I'm a veteran though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you, but you can see that that tech tree stuff, that base mm. building stuff. There was obviously like you know that must have been going around the company. And and again, I've had a couple of conversations with people from Microprose around that, but I wouldn't pretend to know all the ins and outs but it's hard to imagine it wasn't you know having worked when when i've done stuff where we worked at a publisher uh, or even not when it's stuff you've directly done um things that are successful it can't help but influence you you know one way or the other around what you're doing so so it seems to me that it's interesting that that was happening around that time also crucially they had the ufo idea and i think this is important because again it takes a fairly abstract concept uh, you know, if you think of chess as a strategy game, it's very abstracted out. There's, there's no real, there's no real humanity in it. Whereas suddenly now, with with aliens invading Earth and there's conspiracy and yeah. the aliens are out to get people. Again, I really like that because it, it pulls it all back in. It makes it, yeah. it gives it a sense of the story and meaning. Yeah. Um, but at its heart, and I think this is the most important bit of it, it's still squad-based combat. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're researching new weapons, you're building squads, you're building your base, but ultimately the game is driven by the stuff you do in combat. You send your squad out and you mm. fight, mm. and you need to fight tactically to win. And that, that core thing that was developed, you know, that we've seen in all these other games, they, they took that and they just put much more interesting layers in that. And that's yeah. why it's such a great game. And I noticed that the game ranking for... Um, the original XCOM is ninety three point six percent on PC, which that's is amazing. impressive. Yeah. It, it's very yeah. impressive, and uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Tom. Yeah, excellent. So I also think that's a really good time for us to take a little bit of a break. Uh, it seems like quite a nice place to, to put in a bit of a stop here. So that's part one. Uh, we'll be back with part two in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the Steam sale that's going on at the moment. Most of our products are on there. They're all going to be on discounted, so get yourself a bargain in time for Christmas. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye!